Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are speaking with Sally Williams. Sally is the founder and director of the Brody Fund. The Brody Fund is a registered 501c3, which offers financial assistance through grants to families in need that have pets diagnosed with cancer. A large part of Sally's inspiration was her cat Brody, who recently passed away after fighting nasal carcinoma. During Brody's radiation treatments, Sally met so many people going through the same thing, and the same topic always came up, the cost of treatment. It seems so unfair that pets were often unable to get the best treatment for cancer due to lack of financial resources. So after discussions with Brody's oncologist and others in her close-knit animal community, the Brody Fund was launched. Now Sally and her hardworking board of directors, including Brody's oncologist, focus on growing the fund and spreading their message of hope. Sally is also a cat behavior consultant and owner of The Contented Cat, located in Rumson, New Jersey. Sally, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stacy. Good morning. Could you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started? I am a lifelong animal lover, guardian to many, many cats, a few dogs. A lot of this was born a long time ago. I was a shelter volunteer for many, many years. Then that kind of rolled into becoming a cat behavior consultant. Stayed involved with, obviously, my local shelters and rescues. And then uh, Brody, one of my four cats, was diagnosed with cancer. With the help of our doctors, went through treatment with Brody and uh, through many conversations and many long hours in the veterinary office. That was kind of where the, I mean, there's more detail to it, but that was where the Brody Fund was formed, was at that time with conversations with doctors and with other people just like me just like me, dog owners, cat owners who were in the same situation as I was. And I saw a need and took action. Tell me a little bit about how Brody came into your life. Did you adopt Brody from a shelter or find him on the street? How, how did you yes. get him? Uh, so Brody was a shelter cat at the shelter where I now am a volunteer. And we had had two cats, one named Ferris, who passed away, and we just felt a void. Having one cat, for me, personally, (laughs) is just feels empty. And not that we didn't love the other cat very much. So we took a trip to the shelter, and as they say, he picked us. His name at that point was Nestor. Uh, He just didn't look like a Nestor. And in honor of Ferris... Being that Ferris Bueller was played by Matthew Broderick, we went with Brody. And Brody was about six months old and just, I tell you, lit up the home. He, I like to say he never met a lap he didn't like. (laughs) Sounds like he's full of personality. Oh, tons of personality. Very talkative, very sweet, very playful. As they would describe him at the shelter, they say a cat like that is what they call bulletproof, meaning he's adoptable into any home. He would be fine with kids, with seniors, with dogs, with other cats. He would just, he would have been content in an apartment with a senior. You know, he would have been happy in any home. And so we were very blessed to have him in ours. 
And how long did you have him for? How, how old was he? Brody was 13 when he passed. Um, he had been diagnosed at 12 years. So we got a lot of extra time with him. And he, I mean, 13 years is, I consider it young, but uh, still a very, very good, vibrant, uh, wonderful life. And it sounds like you had experience with, you know, cats passing away previous to Brody, but it seemed like this really, this period of time where you were taking care of Brody, giving him extra days, months, year possibly, was really a learning experience for you. Can you, can you share a bit what it's like going through having a cat you know, with such a challenging illness? And what did he bring to you? I mean, through this process, the idea of the Brody Fund came about. And I'm wondering really how that all happened, was it? The Brody Fund really happened. I think the light bulb first went on in the conversation with the oncologist, which it's overwhelming at that point. You know, we, we weren't sure that he had cancer at first. His only, the only signs were sneezing. So it wasn't obvious at first. It was maybe it's allergies, then maybe it's a chronic upper respiratory issue. Maybe it's a dental. We pursued all the avenues and come to find out once you get to the oncologist, those are what everybody goes. Those are the things that ever, the steps that everybody takes before you ultimately get this diagnosis. So by the time we got to um, our oncologist, Dr. Dustin Lewis, we were pretty scared. He's an amazing doctor, explained everything. Uh, we knew that you know treatment just meant we were going to get more time. This was not a cure, but he was the kind of person where we had real conversations. And in talking about this, obviously the financials came up and we were a bit overwhelmed. We had no idea how much treating cancer cost. In his case, this was radiation. But then of course there's medications. There's all the other things that come along with it. I just said, I don't care what it takes. Obviously we're going to do this because to gain a year, year and a half, two years to us is priceless. I just looked at him and I said, there have to be so many families that can't do this. And he said, yeah, it's one of our biggest frustrations. And I just said, well, that's not fair. And he kind of got this look on his face and he could see that I was marinating and thinking <laughs> about this in a, in a bigger way, not just about Brody at that point. Honestly, what, this to me seemed a little bit insane that the idea came into my head that I wanted to help. And when I would talk to my friends, my family, Dustin, who's the oncologist, nobody said, you can't do this. Nobody said you're crazy for, you've never run a nonprofit. You, you shouldn't do this. Nobody said that. And so I just thought, okay, I, I can do this. If everybody thinks I can, I can. And I mean, I knew some people who had nonprofits and I just picked their brains and I thought, I already know who I want to be on my board. That's easy. Our mission is quite clear. So I think the fact that, you know, nobody said you can't do this. I mean, usually there's more obstacles and there weren't any. And the amount of um, help that I got from the people in the hospital, the other people in the waiting room just saying, oh, you've got to do this. There are so many people that need something like this out there. And not to say that there aren't other nonprofits that offer grants for cancer, but I think one of the things that makes us a little bit different and makes our goals quite lofty as well is that we are putting the focus on quality of life and not the diagnosis. So for instance, if we use Birdie as an example, say that I needed financial assistance and I was out there looking for nonprofit help, uh, Birdie might not have been a candidate because he was 13. And although otherwise healthy, his type of cancer 
there was not a cure for it. So it would have been deemed not a good candidate for a grant, where to me, that extra 13 months, 14 months that we got, that's priceless. So I think that's one of the things that going into this, and I needed the people, when I approached the individual people who I wanted to have on the board surrounding me, I said, there are a few things that are very important. One is that I don't want to deny a pet based off of age. If they're otherwise healthy and we feel the quality of life through treatment will be good, I want to offer grants to senior pets. I want to be able to offer grants even if there isn't a cure and we're talking about time because the gift of time coming from someone who understands personally, that's incredible. And one of the other things that we haven't started yet, but we're working towards is I also would like to offer grants to a shelter pet. So if a shelter, one of the local shelter specifically also that I work with, if they have an adoptable pet that is residing at the shelter who gets the diagnosis of cancer, as many of us who volunteer in shelters know, the budgets are pretty tight. And so cancer would be something that they wouldn't be able to treat. So we will have a separate part of the Brody Fund set aside so that we could help a shelter pet as well. Those were the things that were really important to me. And once again, nobody said no. They just said, okay, you know, we're going to have to work twice as hard as everybody else and raise twice as much money as everybody else, but we can do this. And it just happened. I mean, I really didn't think it was going to happen as fast as it, as it did, honestly. I mean, I, it was surprising to me, but it did. And um, we're already helping pets. So it's been remarkable. And we've helped senior pets already, which to me was huge. I mean, that was what was in my head. And there it was. It's one of those things where I think if you think about something long enough, I have a vision board in my office. And I believe where if you think about these things enough, they really do happen. That's kind of how things have gone. And I feel incredibly fortunate. And now let's take a moment to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Accidental Exiles by Bruce Perry. Jesse McAllister, a young Texan and a rock war vet, escapes to Europe where he seeks a new direction and to heal his desert wounds. Wandering the streets of Escona, Switzerland, he meets and falls in love with a beautiful Italian waitress named Sonia Altarelli. Since the horrors of combat he encountered with a boyhood friend, Jesse will have nothing more to do with war. This story is his farewell to arms. Check out Accidental Exiles on Amazon.com today. Are you starting to think about that special holiday gift? Why not give the gift of a Community Cats podcast branded t-shirt, coffee mug, bag, or other item? This is the perfect way to spread the word about helping Community Cats. The proceeds from the sales will go to support the Community Cats podcast and the Community Cats grants program, which helps small groups grow their fundraising programs to be able to fund more spay-neuter programs for free-roaming cats. Go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and click on our shop button in the menu bar today to get that perfect community cat gift right now. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. So you actually, you touched upon a couple of success stories. Would you like to share one or two with us? I think one of my favorites was, well, I have two. There's an 18-year-old cat that we helped and we came in kind of on the tail end of things and they had pursued treatment already and she's doing great, but they had exhausted funds, but she needs post-treatment care. You, there's things that you need to keep doing to keep their immune system boosted. And 
Some are leaning towards maybe you want to pursue acupuncture, things like that. So it's a mix of things. And those get expensive too. So she had finished her treatment and was doing very well, but then they ran out of money. So what do you do then? You need to keep your pet healthy. So the Birdie Fund stepped in and was thrilled to be able to help an 18-year-old kitty who's still going strong. She is, I think, now two years past the average survival time, um, which is amazing. That so is amazing. Love, yeah, we love that. And then um, to give you a dog, we helped a dog named Crew who had a very treatable form of cancer and uh, crew needed a tumor removed from his mouth. Uh, otherwise healthy, healthy 13 year old Portuguese water dog. And so crew had clear margins once the tumor came out and is doing great today. And this was a woman that crew was the love of her life. And we were able to step in and help. And then she reached, this is unique. This may not always happen. I, I don't think it will happen as often as I personally would like, but she reached out to me and said, we'd really like to meet you. So we met in a park and I said, I felt like an after school special. I may be dating myself. Some people might not what those are, but <laughs> she was already in the park when I arrived and I saw her and she let crew off leash and he just came running to me. It was a beautiful moment. And I think if I ever have a day where maybe the news isn't as good or whatever, I can think back to that moment of crew and always feel inspired that we'll have many more of those kinds of days. Some of our listeners might be thinking, well, why are we talking about this today? Because this show's about community cats. And I will say that a lot of people adopt community cats. And also in the organization that I was part of, Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society, we had a fund established uh, called the Captain Courageous Fund, which was to provide for medical care for any of our feral cats in need, whether it be injury or sickness, illness, if they were ill and brought in, if one of our foster homes or oftentimes the caretakers, as our cats got older on the Newburyport waterfront, they really needed a hospice place to go to spend their last days. And that they didn't just, they had renal failure, they had cancer, they had, you know, sometimes old injuries that needed to be treated And this Captain Courageous Fund was the fund that was established to provide for the needs of those cats. And it sounds like you know, if there's somebody who takes in a community cat, an older <laughs> one, the Brody Fund would be a candidate for somebody who Absolutely. needed assistance. Yeah. I mean, think of we're help if we help a shelter cat, it could, you know, conceivably have been a community cat. I have adopted a community cat myself. Absolutely. I mean, that's why I think for me, I wanted to keep the scope pretty wide open of who we help which is a wonderful thing and also a challenge because you do need to raise more money then because we've had this big scope. And I would not want to turn away somebody who has maybe a less socialized cat, a, a community cat. I just don't want to have restrictions placed like that on who we are going to help. How can people get involved with the Brody Fund and where can they learn more? And I, I do wonder, is the Brody Fund focused specifically in New Jersey or is it a wider ranging assistance program? So right now, um, we're working with several hospitals. They're listed on the website. And we're, our focus currently is in the tri-state area, so New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. But we're expanding rapidly. Um, we have affiliated ourselves with a Compassion First network of hospitals. And I did that because they pretty much started in this area, and they're expanding across the U.S. So kind of as they grow, we'll grow. But you have to be very careful because... 
we are newer compared to a lot of the other funds. And if we expand too quickly, we could exhaust the funds. And one of our goals is to never turn a pet away for a lack of funds on our end. So we're kind of, you know, taking the steps slowly and expanding into other states as we grow. So for now, yes, we are in a, a couple states, but our plan is to be across the country as quickly as we possibly can. People can, I, I encourage people because there's a couple different ways. Obviously, volunteering is one way. If you live locally, we encourage people to reach out and help us, um, whether it be through events or just sharing our message with social media, donating. Definitely, we encourage people to go online and donate, and they can go to our website, which is thebirdiefund.org. Um, they can find us on Facebook, we're on Twitter. So, there's a lot of different ways they can help. It's not just donating. It's definitely, I think the biggest part is getting the word out so that people know two things. Other people can find us to donate and other people can find us. So if they need our assistance, it's available to them. I also would encourage people to go on YouTube and type in the Brody Fund. We made a movie about five minutes long. It's beautiful. They get Brody, they get to see me, they meet um, his team of doctors. And one of the reasons why we made the movie was because cancer is very scary, just the word cancer, when you hear it, when you hear the diagnosis. And we wanted this to be a message of hope. And that was really important to me that that, that this is all about hope and offering a, the gift of time to your pet, no matter what that time is. We'll get that YouTube link also in the show notes too. So when you were talking about going national, is that where you are hoping to see the Brody Fund to be in the next five years? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That is a goal that is shared by everybody on the board is that we just want to be the leader in the field. We want the Birdie Fund wants to be coast to coast. That would be fantastic. Um, I, I feel very strongly as we've made such great strides across the country with high volume spay neuter clinics and and it continues growing in every community that we are going to be dealing with a lot more of sort of older age issues with our cat population. It's going to mm-hmm. be harder to get kittens and we're going to have, you know, sort of like a baby boomer generation of cats that we've all spayed and neutered through our low cost spay neuter clinics. But once they hit 10 years of age, they're going to start having some issues. And this is this kind of fund is wonderful program to have in place for when those cats sort of hit that benchmark. Reality is because of better medical care, better nutrition, many things, better enrichment in the home with cats, they're living longer. And one of the the downsides of living longer is the risk of cancer is greater um, for now. I'm sure research is will, you know, that will catch up at some point. It's a sad reality that, you know, quite a few pets will be diagnosed with cancer. The treatments out there are amazing. I personally can say that it was not what I expected at all. Pets tolerate the treatments much different than humans do. Going through it, I felt was not as difficult as I you know, thought that it was going to be. One of the things I'd like to mention, too, is that for pets that maybe have more advanced cancer or the family just chooses not to pursue treatment, because that's everybody's right. They, you know, I wouldn't say we went through treatment with Brody because I knew he was feisty and strong and I knew that we could do this. Not every pet might be the candidate or the owner may not choose this. And one of the things the Brody Fund will assist with as well is hospice care. That's great. Great to know. 
lastly, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? There's one thing I didn't mention, and I should have started with this, was we start, I started with something called Team Brody, and it's on Facebook. And anybody out there who has a cat or a dog that has been diagnosed with cancer, or if you just want to be a support, we have this beautiful Facebook page. And it's called Team Brody, and we are there to offer support to one another. We can share pictures and stories, and then people comment. And whether you choose to pray or send good energy, um, it's been a really beautiful source of support and hope for people. And we actually have a volunteer counselor who, if people need something past that, we connect them for free with an experienced retired counselor. So I would like to give a little shout out to Team Brody and all the amazing people on that page who they were also a, a large part of why I felt I could do this was through their support. Go Team Brody. <laughs> well, and having a team, having support, having a nonprofit is not something we do by ourselves. It takes bringing in a group of people to make it all happen. And I'm a big fan of many hands make light work. So I congratulate you on, um, on you. leading this ship. But yet you have a lot of hands on deck, it sounds like, too. I am incredibly fortunate and uh, the the hands on deck are growing. You know, I knew the the initial team, I knew who they were. I knew they'd be there and stand by me, but the people that just come out of the emails I get, the messages I get, the letters I get, the it's it's rapidly expanding the amount of support that I have. And don't be shy if you're interested in finding out more about the Brody Fund. Please reach out. The website again is thebrodyfund.org. Excellent. Sally, want to thank you so much for being a guest today. And I hope you'll uh, be on the show in the future. I would love to. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 